0: Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goad, bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goad. Hey, everybody, I'm really excited about our guest for this episode. Uh, There's nothing I love better than to dig in and learn more about somebody's story. We have a great guest for you today. Uh, I have actor Jason Vale. I'm going to give you a little bit of his bio. Jason was born outside of Chicago, grew up a Navy brat, spent the majority of his childhood moving up and down the East Coast, graduated from UNC Chapel Hill, lived in New York City for uh, 12 years working in TV soaps, regional theater, off-off-Broadway, and a bit. off-Broadway Started off in indie film And that led to TV and film And more TV It looks like he's worked in over 60 films uh, He's been all over TV He has recurring had, had recurring roles In One Life to Live um, As the World Turns um, You've even worked opposite Melissa McCarthy, Susan Sarandon uh, And appeared with John Hamm uh, You've been on the original Sleepy Hollow, Drop Dead Diva uh, So listeners, this guy's got some street Cred As an actor, he has a lot of experience. Um, most recently, though, you've worked with uh, Tyler Perry, the haves and have-nots, and Boo, a Medea Halloween, uh, which I saw in the theater just a couple of weeks ago. Jason, I'm so happy to finally meet you. I'm honored to have you on the show. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Chester. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. Yeah, no, I'm glad to have you. So, you were born in Chicago, but you traveled a lot, or how long were you actually in Chicago?
1: I mean, technically, I was, because my dad was a Navy officer, I was born on the Great Lakes, so I think the actual town I was born in is Shieldstown, but no one knows what the heck that is, so I just put Chicago, I kind of cheated.
0: Gotcha, (laughs) gotcha, okay, because I saw something that said Florida also, right?
1: I lived in Florida too, yeah, I started started in Chicago or, or Illinois for about six months, then we moved to Puerto Rico, and then... Puerto Rico about a year and a half, two years, and then we moved to Rhode Island, then Rhode Island to Virginia Beach, then Virginia Beach to Virginia, Alexander, Virginia, and then we moved to Florida, and then from Florida I moved to South Carolina, from South Carolina I moved to Georgia, Georgia I moved back to South Carolina, then to North Carolina, (laughs) then New York and New Jersey. I'm now back to Atlanta.
0: <laughs> wow! Wow! Okay, so would you consider yourself then a Southerner? Or do you consider yourself a Southerner?
1: I—I I mean, I think my heart. I think my as my, INDB describes me uh, as, as sort of an amalgamation of, of the two regions. I, I think, I think it's my Southern way of being that I like best because I'm I'm a little laid back, and I like being around nice people. Right, But in New York. The hardest thing was being around very agitated, bitter people all the time. <laughs> right, and, uh, and I just couldn't. I don't know. I think I think the southerner in me couldn't handle being around angry, bitter people all the time. Uh, but the thing that's the northern part of me is, you know, I, I do like things to move fast. I do appreciate, you know, when things happen quickly and people can get things done. So I guess, you know. Just a good
0: mix, then.
1: The best of both. Best of both. You know, I I I do respect a lot of things that New Yorkers do day in and day out that I just couldn't handle, which
0: is the cold. Yeah, 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 I'm with you.
1: The financial poverty of living in New York and things like that. You know, New Yorkers are strong people, man. No doubt about it.
0: That's for sure. Hey, um, I'm really digging the trailer for one of your latest uh, films. You did an indie film recently, Family Possessions, right?
1: Yes, actually, it's screened twice so far. It's screened in Ohio, uh, and it also screened uh, this past weekend in Columbia, South Carolina.
0: Oh that's fantastic. Well, we love, my family, we love a good scary movie, creepy movie. So, uh, also, congratulations. I heard your film um, was recognized. It won the uh, Indie Horror Flick or Best Overall Feature Film. Is that right?
1: Correct. It won, it won Best Overall Feature. Uh, now, that was one in, in Ohio okay I believe that's what you said cause, sorry you went out for a second so I'm not sure if I caught that but um, yeah it just took it's first award which is fantastic and, I, and I'm pretty hopeful that there's going to be a lot to follow afterwards um, Tommy uh, Faircloth is the director and he's he's just a gifted guy he, just, he knows horror films he, he's, he grew up watching horror he, he lives eats and breathes horror films and and he loves it. He's, he's based in Columbia, South Carolina, and he went to U- USC, University of South Carolina. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, man, he he, he just he does a lot with very little because he literally, on any average set, it's two or three crew members tops. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. That's
1: fantastic. Feature films that he's, he's shooting that yeah. look like, I mean, these, these are films that look like he's dropped $100,000 into or more. And it's, it's far from that, far from that. You know, he's, he keeps his budgets low. He, as he jokes around with me, he says, uh, I, I wouldn't know what to do with that much money. It would just be a waste.
0: <laughs> no. wow. Wow. Okay, so he can get creative. Um, so it seems like you're, from the stuff that I've looked at, it looks like you're sort of finding a niche in horror films. Is that something you were pursuing? Is that just sort of how the chips fell? Or It's, it's
1: a little bit of both. I mean... It's funny, the horror community, uh, my phone's ringing in the background, sorry. That's all right. Uh, the horror community is just a very uh, committed group of people. They're, you know, they 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 embrace any actor that's done horror. I think I saw an article recently about Renee Zellweger where she denied being in uh, Texas Chainsaw, or one of those movies that she's in, for years and years and years and years. And then I think recently she confessed, she mentioned it for the first time in, like, 25 <laughs> years. And, and the title was When Hell Freezes Over. You know, Renee Zellweger finally acknowledges that she was in this movie, you know.
0: Gotcha. Uh, okay. So,
1: but for me, it wasn't quite like that. For me, I mean, in New York, I embraced independent film of all kinds. And along came a couple of horror films. And honestly, I knew nothing about horror. I, you know, my parents took me to see Jaws when I was five. So I was shell-shocked as a child when it came to horror films, and they vowed never to let me see one again <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of my childhood and teenage years until I got to college. And by the time I got to college, I didn't take them very seriously. I, I, I just sort of thought they were stupid, and, and, and I had a hard time watching horror films uh, because I wasn't willing to believe that they were real. And
0: right, that. right.
1: It wasn't until I started working on horror films that I started to gain a respect for what it was about and, and why people go see horror films and the differences in different horror films, the genres. And little by little, I started to really embrace it more as as I did more and more of them. And, yeah, it was sort of an accident. I did a couple of them that led to a couple more. And then once horror filmmakers see that you're doing them, they kind of find you. It's really interesting. <laughs> right, a very loyal group of people and so they uh, you know they start knocking on your door and offering you parts or or at least auditions and as an actor I, I, I have a sort of I don't say no policy or at least back in those days I did and so I just started doing whatever came my way and that led to a couple Hard films called uh, "God and Abraham Lincoln Versus Zombies
0: No, oh, hey I was going to say Something about that I've got I have a fascination With Abraham Lincoln I mean we even go on Vacations in Gettysburg Seriously And so And we also We love The Walking Dead So I was going to ask you That's sort of like The convergence Of two of my favorite things You got the zombies And you have Abraham Lincoln You know So I bet that was a lot of fun
1: It, it was it, it was funny It was like a twist Of uh, coincidence Because when I was in New York this is right around yeah, 2011, I think, uh-huh. or 2010. There was a book trailer for a book called Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Uh, and they made, they made trailers for books. It was like a, sort of a new thing. right? And, um, and I wasn't even really that privy to it. And then my casting director friend, Greg Goldstein, asked me if I wanted to do it because she knew I'd fight combat. And I said, sure. She's like, we're trying to cast a John wilkes type character.
0: Ah, oh, okay. sure,
1: yeah, why not? So, next thing you know, I'm on set doing this crazy book trailer where I'm fighting Abraham Lincoln. You know, <laughs> uh, mono-y with you know, with, a, with an axe and a knife and everything else. And so we do this knock-down, drag-out brawl. It had nothing to do with the book, really, but it was a fun little video. And, and that little video I actually caught, um... Uh, Tim Burton's attention and Tim Burton that that was the video that sort of this is what I hear is actually published on a couple websites that he he decided to produce the movie version after that
0: oh um, wow okay
1: but that's Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter so then fast forward like a half half a year or a year I moved down to Georgia and I see a thing in the in the on one of the online sites for submitting for roles for a thing about Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies and I said yeah why not I didn't know anything about it so I did it I auditioned for it and they booked me as John Wilkes Booth and that so
0: that's fantastic well yeah yeah, I was gonna ask. Um, uh, I, I was looking at a couple of the places where you've been described on the internet, and, um, you, uh, and people describe you as brooding, the flawed guy, or the dude that appears good but then he turns out bad. Um, why do you? Why do you think that is?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't really know. I think you know the the term women say they have resting bitch face. Yeah, <laughs> I think I sort of have resting bitch face before a guy
0: okay all right
1: <laughs> Resting puppy face but um so and i've like kind of dark and set eyes so i think i think when i get in front of a camera I, there's just a natural intensity that i i have that for horror works really well and um so i play a lot of but i also play play the nice guy i'm not always the bad guy but so it's kind of fun because I always end up playing these characters that you're not sure if he's going to turn out to be the good guy or if he's going to turn out to be the bad guy. And and it's great, especially for ours.
0: Yeah, you've done it. Man, you've done so much. Um, All right. So sort of getting in, into a little bit of stuff about family. Um. So my dad was was military. He was a Marine and then later in life was in the National Guard and was in the National Guard until he passed away. And um, so all that to say, you are Navy brat from all descriptions. Um, military folks with that mindset sort of have their own kind of their own way of doing things, own leadership styles, kind of. I know my dad ran his household a certain way. Um, I mean, I don't know. Did you did you experience that? And do do you think that? That that lifestyle and having that background has had an impact on who you are as a person today. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think any military brat,
1: there's certain things that we are ingrained that are ingrained in us. I think one is the fact that we we don't stay put. We're always on the go. Um, mm. I've literally moved over 30 times in my life. Wow! So it's weird because. When, you, when you're constantly moving like every other year of your life you don't get an attachment to people or friends uh, you know friends are temporary or at least you think they're temporary at that point in your life so you don't really form any super strong bonds in mm-hmm. long term relationships with friends so much and maybe my dating lifestyle as well <laughs> I'm still single okay um, that's, that's for all the ladies out there by the way um, <laughs> um Still single, uh, still looking, but but you know I I, I think it is. But you know that's maybe the most negative thing about being a military brat. But the positive things are, you know, my dad taught me respect. He taught me manners. He taught me how to be on time, Mm, wait two minutes early no matter what. Right. Part of the deal. You have to be. Um, And it's also from the time period that I grew up. A lot of kids nowadays don't really, you know, aren't. This isn't ingrained in this generation. But my generation. And on top of being a military brat, all that stuff was very important, you know, uh, little things. You know, my dad would yell at us if we, if we didn't have our shirt on at the dinner table. Right. I mean, he would, it really mad at us if we wore a hat in the house. Mm-hmm. Back in the old as he would yell at us, um, you know, treating our mom with the utmost respect. I mean, if we even talked back to our mom, I mean, he would put us in line.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
1: The big, thick Navy belt that he'd take off and you know, <laughs> give a, 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 and a now,
0: There's a Marine National Guard belt as well, but the way. So. Oh, yeah, nowadays,
1: you know, you, you, kids will put their parents in jail for doing that. But back in those days, that's that was called, you know. Uh, don't, you don't pull around, you know, that yeah.
0: says don't do it, you have to do it. Uh, changing gears a little bit. Most, most people view leadership as, you know, someone who leads a group of people. But one of the reasons I was especially excited about having you on the show is because I believe as individuals, we're leaders, we lead our own lives. And and I know that it's, it's virtually impossible for an actor um to be an actor without being a self starter, having to put yourself out there. Um, I, I read in a couple places or I heard in a couple places where you had mentioned, um, you know, uh, regarding yourself, which I think is indicative probably of, you seem to be a really humble guy, but, um, that some of the, you know, the stuff you've done, you said, you know, well, a lot of it's been minor roles or smaller roles, or it was, you know, just indie film or whatever, but you've done so much and have a huge respect for people who are out there hustling every day and, making things happen Um, and your background is so diverse. I mean, I'm going to share with our listeners real quick, just some of the things that you've had to train in, uh, in order to, you know, it kind of get other parts or put yourself out there. I'm looking at this and Um, You've acted full uh, in full special effects, makeup, you in bartend carpentry, green screen, uh, handgun training, morph suit experience, uh, NYPD protocol training, photography, shotgun and tactical training, tumbles and rolls, uh, unarmed fight combat. Uh, all sorts of sports. I'm looking at uh, rifle, uh, weightlifting, firearms, improv, juggling, um, stunts. You know, using a teleprompter. I mean, man, that's just it's incredible. I, you've even done it's
1: degrees, which I don't even know if it's on there, but I, I actually got two theater degrees in both undergrad and grad school. So yeah, I, which a lot of actors don't even do that nowadays. You know, um, I, I think. I mean, this is how I feel, and and sometimes I don't even hold up to this myself, but I feel like,
0: you know, the more, you know, as an actor, the more your skill set grows,
1: right? It measures your chances of of getting cast. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen actors book a role simply because they had one little thing they could do that. No one else could do, whether, whether it be something as simple as riding a skateboard or, or knowing how to do a hula hoop to very specific things like stunt training and, uh, You know, sword combat or guns or military background. So, for me, you know,
0: I I, I like to think that I'm a hard worker. Mm -hmm. That that I'm always constantly learning. I always take classes, no matter
1: what, throughout my entire career. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop learning as an actor. And I think that, you know, when people ask me, because I I do headshot photography on the side as well, and a lot of uh, young actors always ask me like. You know what do you suggest? What, what what can I do as an actor to that will help me book roles? You know, and I said, look, man, it's really it's really simple. <laughs> you know, the old saying, opportunity. Uh, you know, preparation meets opportunity. Right. It allows you to book things, but preparation as an actor, I mean, it encompasses everything. It encompasses. I mean, read as many books as you can. Uh, learn from as many different teachers that you can. Uh, always constantly try to find a new skill. I was on tour with a buddy of mine, Fred Arsenal. Um, great actor, fantastic actor. He went to NYU grad school, and um, this guy was the king at learning skills. I mean, his under his skills on his resume should have been can learn any skill. Right? <laughs> He's really good. He, I taught him. You know, I learned how to juggle in grad school. And it took me several days to really kind of pick up on it. This guy, I watched him learn how to juggle in less than five minutes, and 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 be on par with what I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've watched him learn instruments, uh, instruments. Sorry, speaking English. <laughs> I'm instruments um, on the fly with other musicians. He'll sit down there and he'll start to play with them, and next thing you know, he's playing this new instrument like out of nowhere. But I mean, it, it was really incredible, and that's what you got to know how to do as an actor, uh, you, you just gotta, you gotta dive into things. Well, and right? I
0: think, I think also, Jason, I think, um, I mean, what I, I, believe that's what leaders do. I mean, I think leaders, you learn what you have to learn to be able to do the job and, you know, work toward those new opportunities. Like you said, new experiences, you can't, you can't just wait around and wait for things to happen. I know in your line of business, you've got to be proactive,
1: Exactly. Well, that's yeah. And Nick, get into the whole leadership thing. I'm sorry if I've been skating around that. No, that's yeah. great. No. Huh? As an optor I mean, you are your own business. You have to sell you. Only you can sell you. No one else can do it for you. Um, and and what does that require? Well, that requires yeah. It requires getting up every day. You know, my grad school
0: teacher always told me. You know, every day do two things towards your career. Yeah, every day, right? Every
1: single day. And when I was in New York. I didn't, I didn't have an agent for a long stretch of time uh, out of stupidity and out of the fact that I, I thought I was like a lone wolf. I thought I could do everything by myself. Um, big mistake, but, but what it taught me was every day I had to go online and submit for roles and be my own agent and be my own manager. And even though it might have hurt me in the sense that I was missing out on bigger opportunities, the one thing it taught me is how to control my career and how to be in command of my career and know what I want out of my career and uh, and once I started to figure out what I wanted that's when things started to fall in place because I think as an actor we get distracted we start to do a lot of things and I I see this with a lot of young actors they want to do everything they want to learn how to take you know they want to take a karate class one day and then they want to take an improv the next and then they want to jump over here and, and you know who knows what a mime class or something you know like you're you know, and they spread themselves out so quickly, and they're trying to do all all this at the same time, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you can do things, yes, but do them in moderation, you know, the worst thing you can do to yourself as an actor is overfill your slate constantly, because then the important thing is going to pop up, like a major audition, but you're too busy running around going to five different classes that you don't even need at this point in time, Mm -hmm. maybe down the road, great, but you're overfilling your slate and, and what you need to focus on is what's in front of you
0: priorities so priorities yeah for me it was
1: narrowing things down to what is it you know I was trying to do theater I was trying to do voiceover I was trying to do um, you know TV I was trying to do film and independent film I was trying to do everything all at once and as an actor you kind of do that mm-hmm. it, um, you know but then I said well what do I really want to do and I stopped and this Sounds terrible, but I stopped doing theater around 2005. I've only done one performance since then in theater. Mm -hmm. The main reason why is theater just didn't pay much. It didn't pay much and took up a lot of time
0: understand i mean i think that that makes complete sense you you said something earlier i want to go back to because you you said something you've you've got to sell yourself and so that's something i wanted to delve a little bit further in because do you find it hard or awkward or did you ever find it hard or awkward to promote yourself or your skills or your abilities um or is that sort of pretty much a way of the past now and you know you have to do that
1: well, now I know I have to, but yeah, in the beginning, you know, and I do it with my photography business too. I have a photography business on the side for head, I do headshots for actors, and, um, and and I guess the old saying is like work begets work. As long as you are constantly working towards what you want, your goals. I write goals down all the time. Mm-hmm. I write them down for my month to month. I write them down for my year to year, and it's like magic. If you open a book and you write things down and you close that book, you put it away, and you come back to it several months later, you'd be surprised how many of those things you've actually achieved. And I've gone back to thing, you know, old books where I wrote things down a couple couple years back and just revisited them and nearly 99% of everything I wrote in that book has been accomplished. If if not 100%. So you might not accomplish it next week or next month or next year, but I guarantee 5 years from now it'll be accomplished. Everything that you wrote down will be accomplished because you're putting it in the universe, you're putting it somewhere in your subconscious or unconscious that you want to achieve these things. Now, granted, I always wanted to be on Law and Order. That was (laughs) always my goals. And I got as far as being a featured extra, which means I didn't speak. I just sat there next to the leads. Um, But, you know, Maybe, maybe it can still happen. I don't know, yeah.
0: but it's in my book somewhere, way back when, ten years ago. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I have a question for you. So, would you say? I mean, you got to put yourself out there, and I can pick up on. I can feel some a lot of humility uh, coming from you. So, what do you think is most appealing when you're when you're looking to work with somebody? Um, is it humility or is it boldness? Which of those things do you find is more? Attractive in your business, I guess.
1: Well, I think with Atkins' confidence, it comes, it boils down to confidence. But yes, absolutely. Not so much humility, but respect. Okay. Uh, and there's a fine line. There is a fine line. Um, I, I do tend to be a little humble. I do tend to um, to lower my status often um, because I think I, I came, again, from a military background and. Uh, But that's just me. That's just my personality. But I I think for me, the most important thing is mutual respect. You have to respect your fellow workers, you know, especially in the acting industry. If you do not respect people that you work with or around you, it's a small town. It's a small community. Even if you're in L.A. or New York or wherever, word gets around fast. Uh, I I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people over and over again throughout my career in different regions, Uh, you know, working with the same actors, Uh, I worked with uh, Bill O'Burst and Abraham Lincoln vs. Zombies down in Savannah, Georgia, and the next thing I know I'm flying out to uh, 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 the West Coast and and then Seattle, Washington, and working with Bill Burst again, you know, and that's what happens in this business. You you constantly are working with people. Um, So I think, you know, I think for acting, yeah, you always want to be confident in your work. You always want to be confident in front of people. Because it's, it's attractive, confidence is attractive, but at the same time, uh, you gotta respect everyone around you. Right. Um, yeah. unless I'm sure... They give your reason, unless they disrespect you, and that's a different story. Right.
0: Well, that's what I was gonna say, because I'm sure it becomes a point, you know, some people are just, um, you appreciate working with certain people more maybe than you appreciate working with other people, I guess. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's certain actors I you know and directors that I love to work with there's certain directors I work with that I will never work with again right. I, will, I, I will vehemently uh, put my foot down you know if my if my agent tries to send me out on an audition with certain directors that I work with that I did not like and they are big names I don't care I won't work with them again if I didn't get along with them
0: right I think that's
1: I think that's the way the business is I'm, I'm that way with casting directors if there's a casting director that i don't like and i don't get along with i'm okay with not auditioning for that person ever again right because i have enough people in my corner that i don't need everybody you can't be friends with everybody no matter what in life and that's just a fact yeah and i think if you work so hard to try to be friends with everybody you only hurt yourself in the end you have to you have to stand up for what you want and who you want in, in your in your world you mm-hmm. know because t- life is short as i've learned i lost my mom a few years ago and, and wow. that was a wake up call I said it, it is, is. It's very short it's yeah. very short it's very precious sorry to hear that and, mm-hmm. and you need to think, you need to you need to put people that want to be supportive of you in, in your in your world and in your life and and, it, and again it goes back to the fine line thing you know there, there are people that support you and there's people that might take advantage of you and you, you have to know the difference because sometimes they bleed into each other and uh and you have to be careful with who you
0: surround yourself with. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I, my next question is probably leading into my last question, but what, what advice do you have for, for people who are, um, looking to pursue a dream or a passion? It doesn't necessarily have to be acting, but what's the one thing, the one takeaway you think that people need to remember?
1: Uh, it's really simple. And I, and I, I, I told this, I did a, um, over at Georgia Southern University, I was asked to uh, give a um, – gosh, I can't remember what it's called because it's been so long – a speech or a talk to the student body and um, whatever that's called. There's, a, like,
0: there's a keynote, uh, there. like a keynote maybe? Like a keynote?
1: Sort of, yeah.
0: All right. Um,
1: my my, my brain is just blank right now on that. But anyways, uh, so like a speaker basically, yeah. And so – the one thing that I kept stressing over and over again, and it sounds so cliche, but you you have to believe in yourself. You absolutely have to believe in yourself. No matter what you pursue in life, whether it's art, especially if it's art, or whether it's business, know that you you are worthy of what you're pursuing, that, that there is no reason you know, I told a lot of actors, I said I said, You can be in this business. Anybody can be an actor. You just have to want to be in this business. You have to believe you're worthy of being in this business and you can be in it. Anybody Anybody can do acting. Anybody can. Um, yes, there are talented actors that are naturally talented. You know, No doubt in my mind, I've seen actors that at a very young age just do things that blow me away. And then I see older uh, actors that got into it very late that never really did anything throughout their career until their 60s that were amazing. Um, but that just goes to show you that you can, you can, if you want it you pursue it, you can do it. Absolutely. The only thing that's stopping you is, is you and you have to believe, cause there's going to be a lot of haters. There's going to be a lot of people that, that don't want you to succeed or, 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 or not necessarily that they don't want you. They just don't believe in you.
0: Right. Or you're not even on their radar. You're not on their radar. You exactly. know? But yeah.
1: It's not going to stop you. Trust me. I've had exactly. so many people throughout my career, teachers, uh, relatives, uh, best friends, director after director after director, casting director after casting director after casting director, after casting director. I mean, at list. I mean, honest to God, if I wrote it down, it'd be a hundred people or more that at one point didn't believe in me and think that I was worthy of being in this industry. Sure. And there's still some today that I, I meet them every day. I meet casting directors every day. I meet I meet directors every day that don't think I have the goods, but you know what? I'm going to still keep on working
0: oh yeah I, th- I think that's just part of life you know, you know they're going
1: to see me and go oh damn I never cast that guy I probably should have cast him look at him he's working he's doing stuff you know right so that's, that's it's just mind over matter yeah You
0: so a um, couple just a couple last thoughts uh, what's up coming for you what do you got in the works um, you know very quickly and then uh, how can people find you
1: um, so, yeah so, so start with question number one uh, coming up so, Boom and Halloween's out right now. It's in theaters, and it'll probably be on DVD shortly afterwards. Uh, so look for that. I play the first cop that appears in the movie. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's brief, but it's fun. Um, uh, uh, come January, I'm in a TV show called, uh, Six, S-I-X. It's about the Navy SEALs, and, uh, I'm in the fifth episode, so it starts, I think, January 18th. Okay. So, will appear probably towards the end of February, um... I just have one you know one day little little day player role in that as well it's a fun scene it's in a bar so look for that okay um, there is a uh, Tyler Perry's TV show the have and have-nots right that starts up in January so I, I'm gonna play a cop in that as well uh, I have five episodes and I'm in officer Stewart so please look for that because it's a great it's a great little part of the Of his TV series. Definitely
0: will. I love Tyler Perry. He's great.
1: I I was very excited to be in that one because when I was watching the show and all the previous seasons, I said, oh man, the one storyline I want to be in is this one. And boom, next thing you know, I got cast in it. And I was like, awesome. This is so great. Um, So the last thing that's coming up is also another Tyler Perry movie called Acrimony. Um, I'm not sure when that's going to, when it comes out. I'm going to guess maybe the summer. So look for me in that and then there's a little indie film called uh, The Last Align that's hoping hoping we'll get off the ground sometime probably in the spring and, um, and a couple other ones that I have been waiting to kind of for them to kind of kick in and start but they're, they're still money dealing with money and things like that which is very normal for any film right um, <laughs> but other than that I'm just I'm looking for that next gig man I'm I'm, I'm uh, <coughs> I'm always looking. I'm always putting myself out there, uh, and and we'll see. Well, who knows? Any, anything's possible. I mean, I, you know, I got So it's so funny not to drag this out too long, but you know, I, I have. I see certain actors that I that are my my friends or people that I've worked with in, in the industry, and you see them appear one day in, as a lead in a TV series. And there's several people that I can name off the top of my head. You know, Michael Kelly being one, he's on House of Cards, he plays Doug Stamper.
0: Yeah, yeah. He
1: was my he, he was in school with me at know, uh, Coastal Carolina University in South Carolina. No way, really? Wow. I, I did my very first play in college with the guy and, and next thing you know, you know, and you watch his career little by little just take off and it's it's amazing when you see that happen to your friends and, and colleagues. Another guy that I did my very first off-off-Broadway play is Othello. Is a terrible production of Othello. Terrible. <laughs> uh, took place in space. Uh, yep, I said that. Othello. Oh,
0: wow. Okay, Othello in space.
1: And this uh, fellow actor played Iago and I played Cassio. But this, this same actor now is playing a lead on the new Punisher TV series on Netflix.
0: So, oh, wow. Okay. Uh,
1: you just never know where people are going to end up. You know, you never know, and and that and that's that's a good moral lesson being an actor is don't piss off too many people, or try not to piss off people. I know it's hard, but
0: oh, just, burning bridges. I talk to people about that all the time. Careful not you don't, to burn bridges. You don't have to like people, or, right? You
1: know, people rub you the wrong way, but don't don't alienate yourself from people because you never know. You never know uh, where people went up. A PA could end up being a, a major director in five years. You yep. never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Well, hey, we talked about um possibly having coffee. I know that didn't work out down in Atlanta, but I, ho- I hope sometime we can do that. Um I'd love to I'd love to be able to talk to you in person, but um
1: I'm not, in, not even sure where you're based, Chester. Tell me where you're actually located. I'm
0: am, I am in Cookville, Tennessee. Crossville, Cookville area, Tennessee. Yeah.
1: I figure cuz of the the hour difference in our time. You yeah.
0: got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, all right. Um Jason Vale, everybody, thanks for being on the show with me. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Uh, I wish you the very best. I think you've done so much, and I, I you, are, we're going to see you all over the place. So just going to continue seeing that. I know we are. So uh, keep leading, uh, keep living, uh, keep doing your thing, and we're we're going to see you out there. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Jason.
1: Thank you, Chester. It's been a pleasure, man. And, and uh, yeah, we'll do this again down the road sometime.
0: Sounds great. Sounds great, man.
1: Thanks for listening to the Leader Byte Podcast, bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Keep the conversation going at chestergo.com or
0: on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having.